right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here for a solo interview episode. The regular episode with John and Chuck will be up on Wednesday morning again. I think we might actually shift our regular schedule. I hope it doesn't screw up your podcast listening habits too much, but it looks like we are going to be releasing our full episodes with the three of us on Wednesdays, maybe for the next little bit. What with us being guys who have different jobs at different hours of the day. I know John is taking a new job that's moved him around at night. So looks like Tuesday afternoons will be our only chance to get together. So again, sorry if that messes up anything on your podcast playlist. Uh, to make it up to you, though, this week we are going to have three podcasts. This one today with a buddy who's a Lakers fan uh, to preview the draft lottery for Tuesday night and get inside the anxieties of Lakers fans. And then the regular show. And then later in the week, we're going to have a reaction with a big Sixers fan, Max Rappaport talking about how the lottery went for them and how the process is going. So three shows this week. And again, switching it up, probably going to have our shows coming out on Wednesdays for the foreseeable future. All right. A couple of ways you can support the show. Go to patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. You can support us financially there. Join the Slack chat where we talk about basketball around the clock. Also, Still looking for people to vote for the Memorial Magic alumni team in the upcoming The Basketball Tournament. It's very easy to do that and help out our show. You go to fastbreakbreakfast.com. That will redirect you to the tournament webpage, and you just click vote on this, vote for this team. Very easy to support them, and by supporting them, you support us as well. My guest today is a sometimes one-time contributor to Silver Screen and Roll. I'm not sure he does as much anymore. He is mainly a instigator on Twitter at Damon R or Damon R. I don't. I, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, it, well, slow I, down. I mean, slow down. <laughs> Mr. Right. Mr. Damon Rangula. There Damon. we go. Okay. I met you in person two years ago. Uh, oh, Summer League. Yeah, it's Summer League. It was cool. It was one of the first Twitter strangers that I met, you know, where it was like, we'll both be at Vegas Summer League. Come say hi. And I, I called you Damon the whole time. When, when I refer to your Twitter, Twitter handle, I say at Damon R. But you know, the thing is, okay, the, I, I, I'll stop you here because this is like people have gotten angry at me over this. And I don't know what the etiquette is to correct people because so I, I've been called Damon by so many people. I mean, living in America, when you see D-A-M-A-N, that's your first shot. And that that's – I've always felt weird about correcting people, and I don't know why. I, is it, like, more disrespectful to not correct? I just I, – I feel like, eh, he got close enough. Like, I'm going to respond. If you call me Damon, I'm, I'm going to respond to you. I don't – I don't want to take it straight to race. <laughs> is Damon – an Indian name? Are you Indian by yes. by nationality? Yes, I was guessing I'm... with that Rangula thrown on there that, right. uh, <laughs> that you were Indian. So so uh, Daman is an Indian name, like like a common yes. first name. Okay, uh, it, so common is common is it's it's not quite common, but 
anybody who's Indian would see the name and know how to pronounce it. That I think that's fair. In, in 19th century India, there was guy's name <laughs> Daman. This is because to me it feels kind of like this is this could be Indian cultural appropriation. It feels like a white name. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, Matt Damon has a bunch of illegitimate kids and they just didn't know what to do. Like yeah. in India. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, Damon Lindelhoff was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do it. I feel like this is a colonialism. I feel like the British gave you this name. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to bring that, that heavy handedness into it, but a regular Charles Barkley here. <laughs> I just want to open. I just want to have a conversation. As long as we're talking about <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. as long as we're talking about it, it's good. I, I'm, I'm sure this one will be just as productive. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm going to try to get it right. Dumbin. Yes. All right. So Dumbin, you are a huge Lakers fan. We yes. needle you often. You're also a, I got to say, you're a, just to let everyone know, you are a power listener of Fast Break Breakfast. You are a Patreon supporter at, at the most extreme levels, highest level, big fan. But also, we've enjoyed getting to know you uh, because most of us on Fast Break Breakfast, John, Chuck, and myself, well, we hate the Lakers like most people who aren't in Los Angeles or don't have whatever that intestine become for- trendy even even in LA it's become like a little bit trendy to be oh you know oh no I don't support the Lakers I'm just saying if you run into a guy in Nashville Tennessee who's like oh I love the Lakers there's something wrong with you like that <laughs> that's just the same I mean it's the people who are cheering for the Warriors now and I understand like I know I, I got one of our listeners he's got like a bunch of kids and they love the the Warriors that's I guess it's understandable if you're a kid like when I was growing up you know the 80s was Showtime Lakers uh, right. I chose to cheer for the Pistons because in my mind, all my friends loved like the Lakers, the Celtics and the Bulls. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I want, I don't want to be associated with it. But anyway, that, that's a long way of saying you have humanized the Laker fan for us as a podcast. Cause you seem like a decent enough fellow. I but- appreciate that. I, I, I feel like, I feel like, uh, you know, I, 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 that, that's my, that's the reason for me being here is to, to provide a, a human non douchebag Lakers fan voice. Right. When I'm dropping the smart bombs and I'm watching that, <laughs> whatever that dude in, in Montana, who's watching his computer screen, I have to pretend that there, there's a little demon Rangula <laughs> <laughs> inside that bunker. When I'm and dropping by the way, my, by the my way, Kobe. I'm going to interrupt you because you, we might not get back to it. If you're listening, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, support Fast Break Breakfast on Patreon. Uh, Keith has not asked me to say anything, but just do it for the Slack chat because Twitter can get overwhelming, but the Slack chat is like a small community of people who just talk hoops and like other stuff. And it's really, really fun. Uh, I Try it for just one month. See how it goes. Don't even listen to the podcast. Just do it for the Slack chat. That's a, good, that's a wonderful plug. We're now having the guests plug our show on our show. That's it's, how. And by the way, you've known me now. So we met each other two years ago. Uh-huh. I, I got drunk with Chuck in L.A. Yeah, correct? You, met, you, you hung out with Chuck. Chuck left you at, at a game. Yes, he left. He left with like six <laughs> minutes left in the game. He's like, look, man, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get home if I stay until the end of the game. So I'm just going to go now. I said, listen, I looked at him and, you know. As somebody who enjoys alcohol as much as uh, possibly as much as uh, Chuck does, I completely understood. And I said, look, man, you got to go. You got to go. Until I became 
a Patreon subscriber. That's how long it took for you to ask me to come on this show. I just, I just want the people listening at home to understand that the way to get to Keith's heart is to pay him. No, that's very true. These guest spots are for sale. I don't, if, <laughs> if I, we weren't crystal clear about that, I'm sorry. You can pay money to come on this show, listeners. That's uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. Anyway. Is that all we were going to discuss? Just a Patreon? Yeah. No, thanks for coming on. All right, I'm out. <laughs> Glad you could join us. No, I'm here needling you. It is right now the Celtics and Wizards are playing game seven, but I'm not interested in that. I mean, I kind of am, but I am quivering with anticipation for the lottery night, for the NBA draft lottery draw. Like, I, I love it. I, I can't get enough of it. And the fate of many NBA teams, the fate of the league, like the direction the league is going to go, but particularly... The Los Angeles Lakers, your team, are just tied up in what is essentially a coin flip. The Lakers have a what is worse it? Worse like than a coin flip. Worse than a coin flip. It is forty six point nine percent chance. And if you don't think I memorized that, you're crazy. Yeah, that's that's. Isn't that exactly? That's almost exactly like betting on red or black. Like yeah, you it's <laughs> it is it is not. And I keep telling people, I'm like, don't call it a coin flip because you are disrespecting that three point one percent. Uh, that that is under what a coin flip is. I I just you talking about it. By the way, my palms are getting sweaty because I I am so so nervous about this. We were needling you, needling you and Lakers fans on the last full show because literally, if one team jumps, just so everyone is clear, if one team jumps the Lakers, the Lakers are screwed. So when they announce the lottery, you know they start at the bottom. They start at fourteen, and there's a what is it? There's a ninety nine percent chance. That's going to be Miami's envelope in there, and then and then the the instances just increase. The odds just increase as we go, and Lakers fans have to sit through eleven envelopes before you know you've won. That is unbelievable drama in my mind. I I, I can't. I know there are other <laughs> lottery nights that have been very tense and had a lot of things at stake. And obviously, as sports fans, we have very short term memories for these kind of things. But I, I will live in the moment and say, I can't remember a bigger lottery night. With, <laughs> like, just the fact that we could be coming down, you know, like, is it going to be Dallas? Is it going to be the Kings? Is it going to be the Knicks? And each one of these guys has legitimate shots, like 20% shots, you know, to get to get in and ruin the Lakers night. So I can't imagine. I am going I, to be, I'm at the point, I, I'll let you know. I mean, I don't think any of our listeners are confused. I will be devastated if the Lakers keep their pick. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. You know what? Okay, so I've heard this, by the way, and I understand the sentiment, but the Lakers have done things the right way. So everybody, the criticism for years was like, we we were equated to a team like the Knicks. What they're doing is like, oh, they, you know, they're not properly rebuilding. You know, they're they're trying these weird, you know, half measures to try to push for the playoffs, this Kobe farewell, all this stuff, right? Towards the end of the season, now, so the whole drama towards the end of the season was that the Lakers went on like a, a a win streak, right? But if you looked at the lineups that Luke Walton was trotting out, they were embarrassing. It's just that the young guys who were actually playing were so motivated because there was like this guy named David Nwaba. Oh, yeah. Who tried out for the D-League, got into the D-League team, uh, the L.A. team called the Defenders. Then he got called up towards the end of the season, and he was amazing. Like, he he's not going to be a starter or anything like that. 
He's he's on a good team. He would be like the 14th, 15th man. But the fact that he got called up and he balled out, like we should all be supporting the karma behind the Lakers right now. No, but- no, no, no. All right. So you're you're saying <laughs> you're saying because a D League guy signed for the end of the year played hard when he's playing for his entire career and a chance to make money and stay in the league. You're saying there's some karma attached to like a 10 day guy trying hard. Okay. That makes no, that makes Phoenix. no, every literally every guy who gets called up from the D league plays as hard as they possibly can, because this is them chasing their dream. I see it as you guys tanked. Cause you had to take, you had to take. So like, I, I, I don't have, I don't even have a problem with you guys taking the situation, but trying to take some credit for these garbage lineups that, you know, old uncle Luke was throwing out there that ended up winning games down the end of the season is, is a bit of a, that's a bit of a stretch when you're asking for karma. Okay. And, compare and Phoenix, compare Phoenix to me. Phoenix was embarrassing. Phoenix was an abomination. Okay. And Brooklyn, they rested. They're not even tanking for anything. They rested their stars like starters for the last game for what? Brooklyn was an abomination. And the Lakers weren't the Lakers. The Lakers played it right. They played hard. Yes. They trotted out lineups that weren't, conducive to winning and they still won america should be behind this lakers team to get the number one pick and i rest my case <laughs> if i throw out so so what when we're looking at all these lottery scenarios that could happen and we're going to talk about a lot of the teams and the ways that that it can all play out i take it you know we each all of us as sports fans have our personal like biases about these teams if I throw out that those if i throw out my, my biases and i and i just go like i leave my baggage of a lifetime of sports basketball fandom behind, then it actually changes my view a little bit. So if I throw out all my Lakers baggage, I can say, okay, you know, like I do feel like it's probably good. They're a young core. They're not going to be particularly good. Like I look at it also as a Grizzlies fan, like which teams are poised to lap the Grizzlies. Cause the Grizzlies are on the, on the downward end of their life cycle right now as a like good competitive NBA team. So my look at the Lakers, if I throw out my baggage, which again is not actually going to happen, but (laughs) if I, in a vacuum, I say, Hey, you add one of these top guys to this Lakers team. They're still bad. No big deal. You know, and they could build to somewhere, but I'm looking at it when they overlap with like the end of Mark Gasol and Mike Conley's curse is no big deal. But that being said, all the years of Kobe Bryant, probably my least favorite player of all time, the, Gri- the, the Grizzlies gifting the Lakers titles by handing them Pal Gasol for nothing. I know it turned out to be Mark Gasol. Mark Gasol. But that Mark is re- Gasol. revisionist they, history. They knew it. Mitch Kupchak knew, and he, he, he was Jerry West's mentor, and he said, hey, trust me, Jerry. This guy, Mark Gasol, he's going to end up being more important to your franchise. And, and that was a fair trade, and there's no <laughs> other way of looking at it. It was J- Javaris Crittenden. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember who else right now. Kwame uh, Brown. Yeah. Kwame Brown. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that was, that was one of the uglier trades ever, but that was, by the way, one of the, I remember exactly where it was. I was at uh, UCLA. Uh, I was, I was a, I was a third year. What do you call it, Third year junior. I was a junior at UCLA and <laughs> it was a Friday because I was you were born in America, right? Weren't you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you forgot you're a junior. What's that? What's that third year thing? <laughs> So I was packing to go home. It was a Friday afternoon. I know I got a class early, so I was like, okay, I'll beat traffic heading home. I live in Orange County. 
So I was packing for home and my friends started texting me. I got like 10 texts at the same time. So I was worried. I was like, what the hell is going on? Because I mean, you know, back then it was flip phones and you usually don't get that many texts. And I looked and I didn't believe it at first because I had just like two weeks before we were just talking, you know, like the spoiled Laker fans saying, you know, I wonder if we can get like just started listing players. And Pau Gasol was one of them because the friend I was talking to it with, he was from Spain and Pau Gasol was one of his favorites. And when he texted that to me, I called him. I said, look, man, you don't mess with me like I'm packing. I got to go like I was getting angry because at that time the Lakers weren't good and the, the Kobe trade thing was still hovering over the franchise in some regard. And when it was announced, I just sat down and watched Sports Center for probably two hours. Like I still remember the Stephen A. Smith reaction, like vividly. <laughs> I I just Thank remember. You for that, by the way. I appreciate that. Thank you. I was furious. I mean, obviously as a Grizzlies fan, just furious because it was one of the. I mean, it was obviously it was trading Palgasol, who had kind of quit on the Grizzlies, and it was kind of you know like, you? I'll never do that. How dare you? We were ready to get rid of him as Grizzlies fans, but to send him to the hated Lakers. And to get nothing back other than, like, I hope Javar's Crittenden is, like, he might be a rotation player. Like, it, it was stunning. But anyway, so the this Lakers, this team I've hated for so long, got that. So they got free titles. So I feel like they could, they've been down for a while on their own making. I think their own incompetence with all the dealing of Kobe Bryant and their free agency and their coaching choices the last few years. But so. Fair. All fair. So now I am curious, though, before we move on to looking at other teams, if the Lakers don't keep their pick, what happens? I mean, so, I, I know what happens. I know they lose this pick. They lose the 19 pick to Orlando. But what does their offseason entail? Like, what are they going to try to do? So I think this is probably a part of a larger conversation if you want to have it about how the Lakers front office is looking right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so when initially uh, Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak were fired uh, and Magic Johnson was announced, I was actually very, very pessimistic because the Magic Johnson that we know in regards to basketball is, you know, his Twitter feed, which is just very, very problematic. Uh, his ESPN, uh, you know, appearances, some interviews he did, especially in regards to Jim Bus over the years. And I was terrified. But there's like a second part of Magic Johnson, the business executive, the guy who is a part owner of the Dodgers, who has, you know, a lot of successful businesses. And honestly, I just didn't know which Magic Johnson we were getting. And I was assuming it's the kind of guy who was like, you know, uh, saying Michael Carter Williams is the next Jason Kidd on Twitter and stuff like that. So that 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 was my fear. And they brought in Rob Palinka, who was Kobe's uh, agent. I guess he's still Kobe's agent or at bag, that time. Bagman. <laughs> I believe, believe Bagman is preferred. But how dare you? And and so. I was concerned, right? So I'm like, okay, so they let go of these guys and they want to, you know, mod- quote unquote, modernize the Lakers, but they're just bringing in, you know, the probably the one of the best Lakers of all time or the best Laker of all time in Magic. And they're bringing in Rob Polinka, who's just Kobe's agent. So now it's like, who's bringing a fresh perspective? So I, I was very concerned. Uh, over these last like month or so, just in hearing things around the organization, hearing things about their internal restructuring, hearing uh, them talk a little bit about uh, where they stand. I I do think that they have a more realistic viewpoint of where they are than people would think. Um, So if they don't keep the pick, and by the way, that would be very, very bad for the franchise. 
I don't think that they're going to do anything like mortgaging the future and going all in on something crazy like, you know, oh, we're going to bring in Paul George and Carmelo Anthony and then we're just going to compete right off the bat. I don't think that that's the way they're going. And they have said as much in various different ways. What I do see as the problem if they lose this pick is that no matter what, they're not going to be a bottom three-ish team next year. That's not because it's a smart thing to do. It might be the smart thing to just, okay, if you've given up 17 and 2019 picks, well, 2018 is your last lottery ticket. And let's just, you know, let's just do one more year of painful, like, you know, Phoenix Suns-esque tanking. And, and let's just, you know, trust the process and let's let's get the 18 pick as high as possible. I think that's off the table because uh, I think ownership, is, Jeannie Buss is just, she's sick and tired of it. She doesn't understand, like, why why would we go through another year of it? You have all these young players, just do something with them. Um, so essentially, the, what would happen is there would probably be some activity, maybe, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of forwards on this team, maybe some sort of a consolidation trade, maybe Larry Nance Jr., Jordan Clarkson, like players like that who are part of the young core, but probably on sort of the outside in terms of long-term future and maybe consolidate with that, maybe make those trades of the fringes, uh, maybe sign a, a medium impact free agent. And then you'd end up in like the five to 10 worst team range. And that's what I would envision where you're not quite good enough to get like a top, top, top tier uh, prospect, but you're also not so bad uh, you're also not like so good that you're going to have a non-impact pick. You're just going to be in that kind of middle ground and on the trajectory upward, you would think, you would yeah. hope. So that, we, that that's the way I would see it. We call that the Jordan Hill draft zone, right? Right, that, right, exactly. Right in that, maybe not quite, not quite to Chris Wilcox, but still, <laughs> you're still going to get a Jordan Hill out of that. Yeah, no, that's the, uh, that's, that's the Lakers Kool-Aid talking. I mean, yes, they've said all the right things, but. The, uh, the 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 contrarian take is they they hired a popular public relations mouthpiece and you know Kobe's agent after a thorough so, so- I'm sure it was a <laughs> thorough personnel search of all the best minds available and they settled on two guys who were already in, heavily involved with the organization that was not going very well. But anyway, I mean, I I, I can't defend that. But at, at the same time, <laughs> I I will say uh, just just to give the other perspective. Jeannie Buss said in an interview, so Ellie is hosting the All-Star game next year. Yeah. Uh, she said that she's heartbroken that the Lakers will not have an All-Star at that game. Right. And that is a very, very, very big red flag. And th- that's where that's where I see somebody like Carmelo Anthony, and I just pray. I'm just like, please, please don't do this. Like, don't bring in Carmelo. And I'm I'm that that would be the kind of move, right? Where you don't have to trade a lot, but you can still get a player like Carmelo, who's a big name and potentially could get voted into an All-Star game. But man, that that would be very deflating. Yeah, conspiracy theorist. Oh boy. However, Lakers obviously as the giant market, one of the marquee franchises, they got a lot going for them. Also, them and the Knicks. I feel like again, most of most of the flyover states and and other, I guess, non those big cities will be devastated if the Knicks, a team again who's just totally bungled everything they've done in the last like almost a decade outside of one or two. Okay. Years, one good year, one. Okay. Year. Uh, and then the Lakers, I feel like the conspiracy theorist does feel like for the league, if those guys get a top pick, that's awesome. So obviously I'm very nervous because when it comes to the NBA, anything that helps the bottom line, I kind of feel like it'll, it'll, it'll lean that way in the actual results. Um, 
I am. Can really- we agree on one thing? What's that? I'm going to interrupt you again, but I, can we agree on one thing? Can we not have Boston win like the first one or two picks at least? Like, can can they be in the outside of like maybe the number four pick? I don't I'll, want them to get the number one pick. I'll tell I'll tell you what I'm cheering for. Uh, well, I, ho- I hope you know Dan. Uh, sorry, Daman. Uh, if I'm offended, I'm offended. By the way, you messed up my name. Yeah. If Boston gets the fourth pick, that does mean the Lakers aren't picking. Just so you know. Oh, that's true. No, no, no. Give him the three. Give him the three. Give him the three. <laughs> you got to know these rules, man. I, I've been, <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, so like, let's just look at them. Yeah, Boston. I don't want Boston to get the top pick because I feel it feels icky or something, uh, which is a very expressive and like they could win a game seven and go into the conference finals and then the next day win the lottery. It feels gross. It's not the way well, the system's actually, set up. That, that part's pretty cool. Now that when no, you say, no, no, when, it's not cool. When you say it's, that way, I'm kind of It feels like cheating. It feels I'm like def- cheating. I'm definitely, just because the way the, the picks, it doesn't feel like they, they had to go through the pain of it. I do like my, my the, the moral of everything that I'm wanting to happen is I want the teams that tried to win to be rewarded. And, and so part of that makes me okay if Boston gets it, but I'm not sure for them to get it. Uh, the Suns, I kind of like the Suns. Oh, get out of here. I've did always seen what they did. Come on. They're them not playing people, you know, was egregious. Them shutting down Eric Bledsoe, them, whatever <laughs> they did. Everyone hates but Brandon Knight, not playing Tyson Chandler. Like, Bledsoe had his best, I think one of the best stretches of his career. And he didn't complain either. It's kind of surprising, right? Well, he said he, I mean, he, he was quoted as saying, I wish I was still playing. This is strange or, or something to that effect. Like, yeah, I want to keep playing, but I, it is what it is. I'll stop playing. It does need to be always continually noted. This Lakers pick that's going to the Sixers was in possession of the Suds, which they traded for Brandon Knight, who they refused to play. So that needs to be always said that th- this pick that the Sixers are waiting to get for the Lakers was given to them just for Brandon Knight, who all Suds fans completely despise. Um, The Sixers have a high variance. They can win in a lot of ways. They have their own pick, and then they have the Lakers pick, you know, so if the Lakers lose it, uh, the Sixers, you know, could easily end up with two top six picks, top five picks. Their best case scenario is going one and four. Um, One of the things, I do want the top pick to go to the, the Eastern Conference, but I don't want the process to work necessarily. Like, I, I feel like what they've done the years and years of not winning... I don't really necessarily want it to be completely rewarded. How are you feeling about if you take your Lakers fan hat off? How are you feeling towards the Sixers fans going into what is the the Sixers Super Bowl on Tuesday, the NBA draft lottery? I, I do. So I do agree. One in four would be amazing for them. Uh, in regards to like the fan base, they do deserve it. They've, by and large, you know, despite the uh, you know, kind of the local media turning on Hinky, uh, I feel like the Philadelphia fan base was far more understanding than people gave them credit for. And like in that regard, they have earned it. Now, uh, they should not have rubbed what they were doing, like in the faces of everybody so hard, they should not have rubbed like other GMs wrong or other agents. And just, just, you know, they're, they're still part of the NBA. Like this is a big company. Uh, the NBA is a big organization and you have to be, you know, a, a good citizen. Uh, at the same time, I think that uh, it's weird, right? It's like, it, it, do do we balance? Do we do we uh, in terms of do we care about the fan bases only, or do we care about the management? Because 
that that weird Machiavellian play that Colangelo did to get Hinky out and and instate his son, that that kind of rubs people the wrong way. I think rightfully so. So maybe from that standpoint, we can cover like a middle ground where you know they they keep. I guess what would so what would be the best case scenario if they don't get like number one? If they get like number three and number four or something like that, number two, number three. I, I guess I mean one and two. I I don't know enough about the draft, but one and two is pretty interchangeable in terms of picking Fultz or Ball. Both your both ways you're pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess if they kept two. God, I, I can't. I can't even. I can't even hypothetically give away the Lakers pick. Help me out here. Like I can't. <laughs> it just. It feels. It. It is going to be so sad if and when it happens. And I think I should at this point just come to terms with losing it because forty-seven percent just means that more often than not I'm not going to keep it. But I still want it. I want it so badly. I, li- I like how you unironically accuse them of Machiavellian plots when the Lakers are s- slitting so the throats of executives. <laughs> Poor, so poor, poor Jim Buss has been thrown like I don't know, he's somewhere outside the back of the forum. But uh, no, the the Sixers. I think it is fun that this is their big night, and it is a terrible if they win it. It's also kind of funny where like they still don't have tangible assets. Like Joel Embiid is close to a tangible asset. Although he's not really because they have to actually pay him money now and he's only played in 30 games and those are with minute restrictions. So we don't know. We don't really know what they have, but right. So in terms of trade value, right? If, if you look at it, that's interesting, right? It just as a thought exercise, how would you really give up that much for Joel Embiid right now? Well, I don't know. That's the question. It seems like somebody would, but it's a, uh, it's a big risk to hit, hit your wagon to, but that's because what, if 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 we can get forty one to fifty games of Joel Embiid, I mean you you can only be so valuable, right? Yeah. Although they were they were eleven and seven when they had Ilya Sova and and Embiid starting, I think that was a brief. Was that was a brief that was such glorious. a by the way, that was such a fun stretch of basketball. It really was. Why oh, did they man. ever trade Ilya Sova? It was crazy. Um, <laughs> also conspiracy theory, you gotta think. When Adam Silver put his long sticky fingers into the Sixers front office and remove Hinky to put in Brian Colangelo, I feel like there could have been a tacit agreement and we will take care of you come lottery time. So like, I feel like if the Sixers win Sixers, Lakers, Knicks all have very good conspiracy, uh, Elements and, and there's there's there was so after magic Johnson and Rob Polinko were officially, you know, uh, officially part of the team. They both went to meet Adam Silver to quote unquote learn about the CBA. Now come right. on, yeah, come on. We couldn't, we could They couldn't do like a uh, like an iTunes lecture or something like that. Just send it to them. Why did to, they have to go to New York to find that? They should just go to Nate Duncan's business class or yeah. whatever he's he's hawking. Yeah, exactly. Larry <laughs> Kuhn, NBA, uh, what is it? CBAFAQ.com. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, if it's good enough for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Another one of the teams uh, I think it's really funny that's been mismanaged over the years, but now I have a soft spot for them since they traded Boogie is the Sacramento Kings. I do think it's hilarious. They traded away DeMarcus Cousins for the purpose of rebuilding, yet somehow 
have a 0% chance of getting the top pick. Like, that's impossible because they have the pick swap with the Sixers. Uh, the, the pick they got from the Pelicans is top three protected, so the Pelicans still have, I think, a 4% chance to jump up in there. So even though they traded to get these two first-round picks and they're going to get a, two lottery picks, they only have a 1.7% chance of a two-pick and a or a 1.7% chance of a three-pick, a 0.7% chance of a second pick, and then they have a 1 in 21,000 chance of not getting any picks whatsoever, which is kind of the scenario I'm hoping for. Oh, my God. How great would that be? By Just the way, because if, it if, would be hilarious. It would be so funny. And by the way, if I, I would love to see the Pelicans like go to number three. So Just maybe, so you maybe, know, that means the Lakers don't get a pick. No, 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 wait. But no, we could also jump up. So see, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm pushing oh, everybody up. There I'm you pushing go. everybody up. There you go. So you're thinking. I won't take number one because I'm not greedy, okay? So let's give number one to, let's say, I, I, you know what? Philadelphia can have number one, okay? okay? Okay, Lakers will take number two, and I want Boogie Cousins to be subtweeting all summer the Kings if they get number three. Let's make this happen. Well, that yeah, and that is best case scenario. That's pretty much best case scenario for the Kings, you know, like like they move up. I mean, if they if they move up and have to do a pick swap, it's not devastating because that right. does mean they will move up a few spots into Philadelphia's spot. But them getting one and not being able to keep the pick is slightly hilarious. So you're thinking, you, is this kind of like like your overall hope? Is you want Sixers one, Lakers two? I mean, obviously you want Lakers first, but whatever. Um, and then and then Kings three. You, you think you can? I, live, I will live the say. Most? So I said the same thing last year, uh, which probably might come to bite me in the ass. I actually thought that last year having the second pick was the optimal choice, just because you get that one or two decision out of the way. And I still kind of feel that way with this year, right? So if Fultz and Ball are, let's say, similar prospects and they have similar trajectories, like similar percentage chance to be a star or or all-star or superstar or whatever, uh, you want that number two pick because that guy's got a chip on his shoulder and you didn't, you weren't the dummy who had to make the decision. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm what I'm will, saying is you don't like to take life by the horns. You like so you want true. someone else to make the hard decisions, and you'll just take the leftovers. One hundred percent. Okay. I have right. No just shame. Like, no shame in that, especially because the whole Lonzo Lavar Ball thing. Like, if no, I'm with you. Yeah. If the Lakers keep like if the Lakers have the number two pick, and whoever gets number one picks Lonzo Ball, okay, no problem. If he comes number two. Now he's a chip on his shoulder, and LeVar Ball keeps talking about wanting to be on the Lakers. So it's like a win-win for everybody. And and uh, God, I hope they don't lose it. I'm just keep I, every time I'm thinking about this and I get a little happy, I just have to realize like I have to settle down. No, this is I understand the one versus two argument. It's like what I you know I'm drafting fantasy football and whoever like Adrian Peterson is first on every board, and you're like I don't want to have the first pick because then people are going to be like. I don't know. I don't want to take Adrian Peterson or Priest Holmes or whatever miserable running back is ranked first this Priest year. Priest Holmes. Wow. That's the last that time I was you. very into fantasy football. Oh, wow. You know. Wow. That is, <laughs> that is, <laughs> Priest Holmes. I haven't heard that name in a while. That yeah, could well, be happy. Speaking of Priest Holmes, why is he not in the Hall of Fame if they're putting Terrell Davis in? Good. Look at, look at those stats, people. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, uh, the Suns they haven't had much lottery luck in their life. So again, I kind of feel like I'd be okay with them winning and also them winning continues the hilarious backcourt. Whatever. Oh my God. That's so log, true. Yeah. Log jam. of like, what are you going to do? So I like, I'm kind of okay with them getting a top two pick and then that will free 
probably Eric Bledsoe under the world. You know, like like he will definitely get moved. So I feel he like way too good to be on that team. By the way, Bledsoe. Yeah. So They've I feel like that happening is good, and then we'll, we'll get some of these people moving. Uh, the Orlando Magic. So I think I want Orlando to win the top pick, and this is throwing out. I'll say what I want. Well, honestly, what I want is one of the bottom five teams to win or six to like. The Kings, Miami, right? The Miami Kings, is like, the choice there. Yeah, if we throw out Mickey Arison and that team's long-term success that they had, especially with LeBron James, so it doesn't seem really fair for them to win. Obviously, that team they have there right now desperately would love for them to win it because they played so hard, loved it. The Denver Nuggets, they're my secondary team of this last season. I might carry that on to this next season. They're so fun, like, <laughs> like them getting it. I feel like the team, like the teams that need it the most... Uh, I don't know if that's a logical statement. In my mind, teams that, like, I don't know, would desperately have a hole at the one or two and could use one of these top prospects, it's like the Mavericks, the the Pistons, um, the Magic. The type Pistons thing. Like, don't deserve anything. They, 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 Stan Van Gundy's done a terrible job building that team. So, no, I veto the Pistons. I will okay. give you everybody else. Yeah, so so I kind of want them, like, like I feel like if the Timberwolves win, that's just too much. Like, they, they've gotten too many riches. Like, it's kind of embarrassing how bad their record was this year. I know Levine went down, but they were even better when he went down, as it turned out. Like, they were losing right. all kinds of games with him. So I feel like them winning it, and they have a decent, I mean, they, they could, you know, they have an 11% chance of getting a top two pick, which seems crazy high. But uh, but they, they could jump in there. So I think I'm looking at, like, as a Grizzlies fans, I don't want the Pelicans really or the Mavs to win. But like the Pelicans, man, that would be now we're getting to the very long shots, obviously. But to them to pick up a backcourt player after acquiring cousins would be big. The Hornets, I kind of want them to win. And everyone like John always makes fun of me because I've been so on Steve Clifford, like praising him. I but it's kind of weird Clifford. them if they get and, and again, I, I know very little about the draft outside of the top two, outside of Marco Fultz and uh, Lonzo Ball. But, like, with them having Kimba Walker there, that, that does feel strange. But they could definitely use a shot in the arm because they, they have no real other chance of improving their squad. That, 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 that situation became, like, from a really inspirational up-and-coming to looking at them now. You're just like, well, now what are you guys going to do? I like Clifford, though. So at one point, the Lakers on their coaching staff, they were coached by Mike Brown. They had Steve Clifford, Quinn Snyder, and Ettor Messina, the uh, lead assistant in San Antonio, on their staff at the same time. That is unbelievable. Yeah. It's almost and like they know what they're doing up, over there. We ended up with Mike Brown and Byron Scott. Oh, my God. <laughs> Although I think I, don't, I think Mike Brown, maybe he's okay. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> the, uh, the, the numbers don't point to that being the case. Um, all right. So finally, I'm curious. I, I'll tell you. Here, here's, my dr- here's my dream scenario that's somewhat realistic. So my, my dream scenario is, uh, and again, I'm throwing out magic baggage, the fact that the DeVos family owns that team, whatever. Uh, I kind of want the Orlando Magic to win the lottery. This is very upsetting. This is, this is truly upsetting. They, don't, they had Aaron Gordon playing. No, they, they clearly don't know what they're doing. Uh, but <laughs> again, I'm looking at a perspective of all my lifetimes, of all these big market teams that, that I, I love watching suffer. And also, think of... You know, like, why you can think of league health, like, oh, we need to have good teams in New York and L.A., blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Think of the Schadenfreude 
from the other 28 fan bases that hate these teams. Like we we want them to keep suffering. Like like we enjoy them not having good players. So, so I I agree. So okay. So the Knicks lo- just falling in this law in this draft would be hilarious. And I do agree. Just from people who enjoy watching uh, teams suffer, I think the Lakers losing the pick uh, would be would be let let's just say Twitter will have some fun with that if that happens. Yeah. So I'm I'm only picking two jumpers. So two jumpers. The Magic go to one. Phoenix. This is crazy, by the way. This is the most fringe opinion you've had. This is insane. Orlando? Well, Orlando, in my mind, is a is is a harmless Eastern Conference franchise. And uh, and as a Grizzlies fan, yeah, let's put the top pick over there. Who cares? Like, that, that's fine. They're, they're, they're not going to hurt us. <laughs> it, it'll be great. Uh, Phoenix, number two. They haven't had any lottery luck. That They stick there. And then I want the Pelicans. And this is, again, this is terrible for the Grizzlies. The Pelicans that jump up to three. So the Kings get screwed this just because so that's absurd. The so, Suns and the Magic. This is what you're. This is who you've become. Yeah. Well, oh I mean, God. obviously, I I can't pick the Hornets or, or the or the Heat. I mean, what am I looking with? I can't I can't go Knicks. The Knicks need to stay where they are. I hate the Knicks. Can't <laughs> okay. go. Can't go Timberwolves. They'll have too much. I can't. I don't want the process to work. So Sixers can't go. I mean, I hate the Lakers. We've been over that. I mean, the Mavs. The Mavs could jump, but that's 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 a low percentage. So so. I'm going with the hilarity of the Pelicans keeping their pick. And then Boston gets fourth from Brooklyn. Uh, the, the five pick goes, the Lakers have to give it up to the Sixers. Sixers oh get the fifth and sixth pick, which is hilarious because your process did not really work. Because <laughs> losing is terrible, people. You should not be losing. Uh, and then from there on out, it's just, you know, it's by the book. Timberwolves, Knicks, Kings, Mavericks, Hornets, Pistons, Nuggets, Heat. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. This is very upsetting. As long, uh, again, if the Lakers stay at three, I can live with that. I want something funny to happen, though. I want someone <laughs> to get screwed. And the teams that can get screwed are pretty much the Lakers and the Kings and maybe the Celtics. I don't know. Like, like you know, like, again, our listeners of our show know that I like it when bad things happen. I find it amusing. So, like, whoever whoever has the most to lose, that, that's, that's what I'm pulling for. So what's your what's your ideal? Okay, here's my ideal. Chuck, you can thank me later. Let's go Miami number one. They're gonna take that Cleveland uh, Cavaliers that, uh, jump right up to the that'd top. Be amazing. Okay, so Miami number one, the Los Angeles Lakers, the righteous ones, the ones who did it <laughs> right, the ones who did it by the book. Lakers at number two. Okay. And at number three. <sighs> All right. I don't know why. I don't know what you've done to me. But let's give it to the magic. Let's see what they do with it. <laughs> all right. And that's all. I can't go further than that just because I don't know enough. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, 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 oh, and then so Philadelphia at four. Okay. Well, so, so Phil, no, under that oh, situation, so, under that situation, Boston has to be four. Right. Boston four. So Boston has to be four. And then, and then Philadelphia five. But now, well, now Phoenix has to be five. Oh, Phoenix has to be five. See, this is this is why I stopped at three. I, you, I, you have, I know you, you've actually picked worst. One of the worst case scenarios for the Sixers, which again is funny. That's uh, I th- I believe, and, I, and there's a chance I'm getting this wrong because it is pretty confusing. But I'm pretty certain. So if you have Heat one, Lakers two, Orlando three, so that those are your two jumpers, or Orlando and Miami. So then Boston four, Phoenix five, Philadelphia six, which is again worst case scenario for them. Uh, just six. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, you know what? That's a good one. I, I also really like that. It's uh, four of the top six picks are Eastern Conference. 
Right. There's maybe a little, little balance of power going there. But, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be fun. I, I don't know if – I feel like it's like horse racing where I'm not a big horse racing fan, but I know, like, you watch the Kentucky Derby all day and then it takes two minutes. Like, right. the, lo- the lottery takes no time. They even stick one commercial break in there. But, like, th- those reading off those ten names, it's so exciting. So the main things you need to know is if things get out of order – uh, the dream scenario is if we have three teams jump, that means somehow the Chicago Bulls end up with the 11 pick because the Pelicans have gotten have gotten jumped. That would be hilarious. That's the one in 20, 21,000 something uh, effect. But if, it's if it's if any of those teams jump up, then things get very hairy and you're going to need the Lakers. They're going to have to actually have their number drawn, you know, to stay up there. So I can't wait. I'm gonna I'm be. So I'm, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And and so we're gonna find out. So what they usually do is they do the first part of the lottery, and then we know at least who's in the top three after that, and then they reveal it. So I right. will know at that second break. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm it's gonna, so nervous. I'm so nervous. And I feel like last year it went totally by the book, where there was no there was no jumper. I mean, it didn't end up the top three, but like there was none of those none of those bottom. You know the the seven through fourteen spots. None of those people moved up, which is the excitement. That's what we need. But anyway, um, so so ra- wrapping up. Just the the one funny final thought is re- a reminder: the lottery was installed to prevent tanking. <laughs> but anyway, these these people still feel like their forty seven percent chance of m- of you know, maybe you know getting what? a good player you, is worth not winning lost- their basketball games. You have lost all credibility because you are supporting the Suns getting ahead. I, I, I'm just so upset. Yeah. I, I, I don't have much to say there <laughs> other than they made some dumb moves and they're like, whatever, let's just let, uh, let's just let Devin Booker make a Kobe Bryant esque shamakery of the game of basketball. Oh, dare and, you. And, uh, <laughs> and that's going to work out for him. So. I mean, I'm not, I'm not passionately like, like if the Suns get, you know, if they drop again, I'm not going to be angry, but I'm just saying, you know, like it's one of those, uh, like when you go in the voting booth, you just have to pick the lesser of six evils. I'm lo- I'm looking at the, you know, Oh, so, lo- so are you, are you saying that, uh, so all candidates are the same Keith? I'm saying Celtics bad, <laughs> Lakers okay. bad, there we go. There Sixers we go. Hey, bad, whoa. Magic bad, Knicks bad. <laughs> And then Timberwolves, like they're kind of cuddly, they're kind of cute, but th- they got too many good players, and I'm worried about them. So, I, I I, so, so that's that's where that's where the Suns come into it. Like, yeah, you add a good player to the Suns, what are they going to be better? Come on, they don't know what they're doing. Like, I like Dragon Bender as much as the next guy, but they, they got a whole mishmash of guys. They don't know what's playing. Earl Watson's never won a single playoff series in his entire career, player or coach. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fantastic. You know what? That is so great. I know that's true. I think he's never won a single playoff game. Oh, that's I mean, awesome. obviously. That's as, awesome. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's a uh, that's a fun fact. I'll, I'll have to fact check that. Well, uh, well, Damon, thanks so much for uh, coming on. People could follow you at Damon R on Twitter. You got anything going on? You plug anything or what? What, what do you got going? I on? just just my tweets. Just my tweets. I I I am supposed to write more than I do, but it's just. It's it's completely fallen off. So just follow me on Twitter. Uh, I tweet way too much, so you probably need, will start muting me like probably two hours in. But uh, regardless, just just say hi and support Fast Break Breakfast. Uh, support the Patreon. Uh-huh. I'll see uh, you in the Slack chat. That's perfect. And also, uh, John John wanted me to tell you that uh, he uh, you are his all time favorite listener, 
except for when you uh, tweet about the Lakers. Hopefully, <laughs> he, fi- he finds That's that hope. Where I'll take that. I'll he take finds that. that hope very off-putting. <laughs> I'll take it. By the way, uh, uh, for everybody listening, uh, please tell John that uh, Stephen Adams is a far better basketball player than Andre Drummond. He'll love <laughs> yeah. it. That's at Mas- Master John Burr on Twitter. If you want to <laughs> yes. tell him. All right, thanks, Bud. Uh, good talking to you. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Keith. All right. Thanks again to Demon for coming on the show. He plugged our show a bunch already, so I don't need to. But make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Fast Break Break. All right. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being TNG. Fast Break Break, man. You understand?